This station is being brought to you via Nolsoft Shoutcast streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com. Hi, this is Daniel Wallace, writer of the Star Wars Adventure Guide series, and you're listening to Star Wars Undirected. I have something here for you. What is it? It's Star Wars Indirect. This is a fan radio live broadcast. And welcome to Star Wars Indirect, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Hi everybody, this is Sebastian, Olympic and Jeff Crystal here. A live broadcast for a more interactive show. For over four years, Star Wars Indirect has been a talk show dedicated to the Star Wars universe. It began in French but now broadcasts in English. How do I listen to the broadcast? You go to StarWarsIndirect.com and tune in live. There you will be able to communicate with the hosts and interact with them in the chat room, by email, or via the phone. If you've missed the live show, you'll be able to download each episode or listen to the podcast. The podcast? Well, the podcast is an abridged version of the full show. It's an audio file downloadable automatically to your computer. The show informs us and entertains us, and it binds the fans together. Go that way. You'll be malfunctioning within a day, you know, that is scrap pile. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Why, you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerd you tell that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth to get no such pleasure from us! Parental discretion is advised. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Transmissions. Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come. The coordinates like the beam is pulling us in. You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. Welcome to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Uh, this is Danny, the founder and editor of this radio show. I'll let you go back to Seb Brian and Audrey in a moment, but here is the reason why I am talking to you. During the last show, we had a little incident with the recording. Basically, Sebastian forgot to start taping the show. He did start approximately halfway through the show, so almost everything you'll hear 
until the musical break was recorded off the air after the live show and put back together. So you've missed the personal comments from the host, the feedback, and the discussion with Arnie and Marjorie from Star Wars Action News. But fear not, the Echoes interview with our good friend Nathan has been recorded. As always, I will encourage you to vote for us at podcastalley.com and join our Frapper Map. Both links are available on our main page at swendirect.com. Don't forget that Star Wars on Direct is a live radio show and sometimes those mishaps happen. So come and listen to us live where you will be guaranteed to hear everything. This is Danny. Hope you'll enjoy the show and I'll be seeing you later in the chat room. And now for the miscellaneous news with our friend Brian. Master Fisto, trust your insight, we do. Welcome to this miscellaneous news for this Sunday, March 26th. 2006. I have a few news items to talk about tonight, mostly miniatures. Uh, first is that Rob Watkins over at the Wizards website mentioned that at Gen Con this year, there will be the first Star Wars Miniatures National Contest. Alright, that's awesome. It's cool. Um, depending on your GCI ranking, you may be possibly be able to skip the qualifying tournament. Okay. So um, that's exciting, but there will be a qualifying tournament, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't just get to... I don't know how exactly it's going to work, but... You don't just get to actually play in that tournament you just that easily. You qualify. Yeah. Okay. It'll be good. I don't think I'm anywhere near good enough to play. <laughs> Me either. Especially not after losing my two games yesterday, so... Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, I, but about your two games, but you I did get something very cool. I got something really, really good because I actually... We had a raffle... And I got a Sith Trooper from Champions of the Force set. And we got a Dark Jedi Master that was the promo figure of this month for the, the, the League. And that's that damn was... sweet. That, that's, that's incredibly cool. So, yeah. We're just very, very thrilled about uh, what happened. And we also had a great scenario by, by Pierre, who's our Game Master at the League. And he just, like, gave us a fog of war of 20 tiles. So, if you wanted to shoot an enemy, you had to be within 20 tiles. Oh, cool. And my, my on my second game, I actually played against uh, a guy, but instead of doing it on the the long side of the map, we did it on the the uh, the you know not the height but the width of the map, and we played with Fog of War 10, which was even better. Mm-hmm. So, since it was a, a Geonosis scenario, you know, it sort of makes sense. Yeah. Um. So moving on, apparently Sony. Well, actually, just before you move on, I wanna I wanna tell you, like I've heard rumors. That my favorite character is going to be in Champions of the Force, Yulik Keldroma. Cool. So I I just can't wait for but like official. Your favorite character? No, he's not my favorite character. He's my favorite bad guy. Ah. So yeah, that's it. And so moving on, Sony Online Entertainment. Yes, they have announced something very cool. Well, there's a lot of things that's been happening o- over the week in the Sony Online Entertainment word world, and. Uh, like Ralph Colster, one of the people responsible for the original design of Galaxies, he's just left the company to pursue things the company can't offer him, says the uh, Sony Online uh, but representative. where's he going? Well, we don't really know where he's going, but uh, you know what? He's going to be really, really missed in the, co- the gaming community, but there's some rumors that are showing up that BioWare, who are makers of Cut the War, uh, 
they opened some MMO division in Austin, Texas. And that's very close to the Sony Online Entertainment headquarters. They also have announced that they will be making a new multi, uh, massively multiplayer online game. So Set in the space type area. Based in space. And with that announcement, they added that they have many people from the original Star Wars Galaxies game working for them. Hmm. What do you know? Isn't that... There's also rumors that, you know, LucasArts has released the rights yeah, from Sony and that they're going to be giving it to BioWare. Sounds pretty cool. You know what? That sounds a, like a really good thing to me and I'm really, really thrilled to hear something like that. And I think if there's anyone who can actually give a second life to Star Wars Galaxies, it's definitely BioWare. I agree. I don't know if that's ever going to happen because it's been driven sadly so much into the ground ever since it began but I think that Bioware has some very good background with games and if there's someone that can actually make it happen it's them it's definitely definitely them so that's, that's it, it for that's it for your polls alright Sadly, due to my inept ineptitudes to record properly during the original airing of the show, you just missed a very, very funny thing about uh, Arnie and Marjorie, so instead I'm going to give you the Benny Hill team, and then I'll be back with the collecting news. And welcome back to Collecting News on March 26, 2006. So there's been a lot happening uh, this past week in uh, the Star Wars universe. I want to mention the fact that General Grievous' demise figure is over at Andrew's Toys for a very, very reasonable price. And of course it's a Target exclusive, so since we don't have any Stargates, uh, Targets in Canada. Not many Stargates in Canada. No Did I ever <laughs> fuck that up? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, of course, so, of course... So, of course... If you uh, if you want to get yourself a good general Grievous the Mice figure, that's the one with the basically fire coming out through his through, through his mask. Just go to Andrew's Toys. Of course, uh, the unfigures are, uh, are are two by case, and there's going to be some extra hologram figures that are that are going to be in the unfigures. So just more headaches. Yeah, I'm sorry for you guys collecting. Of course, there's also some new Galactic Heroes two packs, uh, and uh, by by the fact that sadly we don't have Arnie and Marjorie to remind to remind how much Marjorie love expanded universe. I'm just gonna go on a on a hint and I'm gonna tell you that we're gonna have a wonderful show about EU with Marjorie and Arnie who are gonna go all the way against us. That's good that that's gonna be really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Tune in when that happens. This is Marjorie. And this is Arnie. We're the hosts of Star Wars Action News, Star Wars Collecting Podcast, and you are listening to Star Wars Under X.
Ladies and gentlemen of the fan club, welcome to this edition of the Community Update for March 26, 2006. It is my duty to inform you that there are now new developments in the run for presidency of the Star Wars fan club. That's right, uh, last week USC Wannabe was our sponsored uh, member that you'd have to go vote for, and uh, this week, out of the blues, came uh, Justin Dustin... Roberts from Rebels come, and he's running for presidency, and it was a tight run all all the way through, and uh, Dustin was actually up at first place for a while, and uh, USC wannabe actually worked really, really hard, because he's now back on top at 20 bounties collected, compared to Dustin who has 13, and Yoda Handy is still third with two, bounty, two bounties collected, and that is pretty much people with only one ba- bounty. Uh, in the run for presidency is also the uh, Star Wars fan Eric Franks from uh, CreatureCantina.com, and uh, we invite you to uh, to go uh, see what he uh, what he has to say about himself and why he's running against Dustin Roberts. Of course, uh, my take on these people running is really clear and loud, and I'm going to say it just once, ladies and gentlemen. Dustin Roberts seems to be running just for the fun of it, and so is, so it says on the website. I sadly don't think that there's a lot of people taking this presidency very seriously, and I'm starting to doubt that even the people at the good people at IDG Entertainment are taking it very seriously either. Um, in all honesty, I think it's a little bit sad for fandom, but I think it's all right to see that we are still participating and having fun, and that the number of members is increasing in the fandom. So I'm going to go say, keep on the good work, Dustin. Keep on the good work, USC want to be and Eric. Keep up the good work. And uh, Star Wars on Direct, yours truly, Sebastian, will uh, definitely retire from his run of presidency. But we're going to keep you updated. And uh, you know what? We know it's going to be an incredible run until the month of May. And it's going to be our pleasure to just like bring you the news. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, an interview and some sort of a debate between the candidate for the Star Wars presidency. And in the wonderful world of conventions, we want to tell you that, uh, sadly enough, the actor who played Neon Nam, Mike Quinn, is uh, starting up a company of his own, so he will be retiring from the convention run for a few few months. However, uh, he's not definitely taking himself out of the convention run forever, but for the time being, he has to concentrate on his own business. Billy D. William has been uh, confirmed to be one of the guests of Studio Palace in France. That's www.studio-palace.com. For those of you interested in going in Europe to that convention, feel free to do so. And Audrey, while uh, next week we're going to be in Toronto, of course, uh, there's a big friend of ours, and I do mean big because he's seven foot three. Peter May, who's going to be at the Big Apple Con in, uh, in New York, and he's going to be signing autograph all weekend, so go meet him and his wife and all the bunch of the guys from the 501st who are most definitely going to be there, and enjoy yourself, first and foremost. And of course, uh, to go to uh, our convention at Astra is next week in Toronto, and we're going to be broadcasting there live, both on Saturday and on Sunday. That's right, we're going to bring you a live interview with uh, Terry Brooks, hopefully. It might be pre-recorded, we're not too sure yet. It has to be still uh, arranged with the p- nice people of the convention that of at Astra. And if, if you're in the Toronto area, a- area, please do stop by, because we want to meet you guys from, uh, from Toronto and all the Star Wars fans over there. And we just want to have a lot of fun with you guys. And it's my great pleasure to inform you that Balls, the energy drink 
has uh, officially sponsored our party, so it's going to be the Ballsalicious Party hosted by Star Wars on Direct, and it's going to be an incredible party. It's going to last very long into the night, and we're all going to be very tired at the end of that weekend. You know what? I think we're going to troll in something that Audrey has to, uh, to, to, to tell us about this week. We sadly don't have an actual presentation for the humor section, but we do have, uh, we do have a very nice little uh, video that, uh, that she, 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 she tumbled upon this week. Would you say that? Stumbled. Um, stumbled. Stumbled yeah. upon? So you know what? We're, I'm just going to go with the Sarah Lane segment thing from uh, G4 Tech TV, and I'm going to say... Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Gems yeah, yeah. of the, the internet. internet. Isn't that a great presentation? What can I say after an introduction like that? <laughs> <laughs> so, Audrey, you had some great time this week, and you were just... Uh, you were just um, I was poking around on the internet. Um, we were discussing, and we decided to start a new uh, segment, uh, basically a fan creativity type segment, um, where we can look at... Uh, more than just like fan fiction, so there's been a lot of requests for uh, either a show or part of a show devoted to fan fiction. So uh, instead of just zeroing in on fan fictions and ships and whatnot of that genre, uh, I thought that we could look at some fan art as well and some fan vids and other uh, creative aspects, uh, creative things that fans are doing. Um, so I was g- uh, asking the people in the chat and the people that are listening to the show if they have anything, either their own material or material that they've come across over the internet over a period of time that they would like to share with the other listeners, uh, to contact me either at the, uh, at the show's email or through PM at the boards. And um, I can have a look at the material they send me and maybe feature some of their material on future shows. Um, as for tonight, I'm going to look at um, a fan audio really quickly, or a fan video rather, um, uh, because this is sort of a newer thing to me, and I thought it was kind of interesting because in this particular fan vid, it uh, combines two things that I'm interested in. Not only does it cover Star Wars, but it also covers Evanescence. <laughs> and, uh, well, Brian's giving me these looks because he doesn't like Evanescence, but... Oh well, <laughs> what can we do about it, right? Um, so, anyways, this um, the, the the person who did this video, her, uh, their username is the Tower Room. And they have ten videos uh, that they've made, uh, fan vids that are available on YouTube. Um, eight of the ten are Star Wars oriented. The one in particular that I'm looking at is um, uh, done to Evanescence uh, song called Anywhere. Um, it's a little bit uh, of a sort of love theme, but uh, it starts um, off at the beginning with the clip from uh, Return of the Jedi where they look at um, Luke and Leia discussing uh, Leia's memories of their real mother, and it asks the question sort of, of what Leia remembers about her real mother, and then it goes into the relationship showing clips from the three prequel movies. Um, of uh, Anakin and Padme's developing relationship and uh, obviously the outcome of that and uh, the brief uh, encounter Leia has with her mom at the end of the the prequel trilogy. Um, So anyways, I'm going to put a link up into the chat about it and uh, so people can have a look at it and they can give me feedback on it. Um, Another one that I would recommend to check out if you want is... um, it's uh, also by the 
um, the tower room. Um, it's called Star Wars Boulevard of Broken Dreams, and it's um, a series of clips again of Star Wars, but it's um, put um, to a montage of Green Day, Oasis, and Travis. It's well edited together. Um, the reason I like this person's work is that the video clips are so well edited and go really well with the lyrics of the song. It just is very fitting. So anyways, um, have a look at these clips and give me some feedback and send me some ideas for material you'd like to have uh, talked about and uh, we'll take a look at it in the coming weeks. I don't really have a lot else to say about it at the moment, Sebastian. I think you saw it at one point. Uh, what did you think of it? I said, and I think it was actually a very great video montage. Uh, it's definitely something people should stop by YouTube and take a look at because it's it's not funny for a YouTube video. It's actually very very nice. Yeah. This is actually some kind of piece of art for me. So, but uh, as it we were takes saying, a lot of talent to edit and to put yeah, things together and to uh, yeah, I wouldn't know about that. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You cinema student. Okay. So, anyways, it takes, yeah, it takes a lot of work. Well, I'm going to get, uh, get the other link to you guys a little bit later because right now my computer's not cooperating with me. So Bastard. Yeah. So, having technical difficulties here. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I built that computer. It's all your problem, all your fault. Oh, anyways, my so, God. Um, I guess for the moment we'll move on. Yes, we will. And uh, the link will be in the chat and in the show notes anyway. So, are you okay? Yeah, I have the nets dropped out. That's my problem. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go into a short musical break. And uh, we're going to listen to something Brian brought to us, which is called William Shatner by Common People. No. No? No, no you idiot. It's the way William Shatner talking about Common People? Singing. About Common People? The song Common People. It's okay. It's a cover. It's a cover. Okay. From a band called Pulp. So for everyone out there, I want to apologize right now. But we're also going to be listening to Tattooing TV number 29, which is Ansel's Bachelor's Party. So that promises oh, to be know. very, very interesting. And, uh, of course, we'll be right back on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom, right after this. For years, sci-fi fans have toiled at making fan films, podcasts, and goofy flash animations to obscure techno music. They work hard. Give them their props. Watch, listen, and talk back. <clears throat> at PlanetFandom.com Hi, this is Brian here. Every month, we need you to go vote for us on Podcast Alley. Go to our website, which is www.swendirect.com. Click on the banner ad for Podcast Alley. Go vote for us. only take you two seconds, and it will help us a lot to get new listeners and more promotion for the show. Thanks for your help, and may the course be with you. The future. A world ruled by corruption, lawlessness, and fear. The perfect place for mercenaries to do what mercenaries do. But for one mercenary, that's about to change. 
on February 15th. Star Knight Interactive presents a podcast unlike any you've ever heard. J. Marcus Xavier's They said the future would be paradise. They were wrong. Some material may not be suitable for younger listeners. SilentUniverse.com She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I caught her eye. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have a rum and Coca-Cola. She said, fine. And in 30 seconds' time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. Well, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do. I took her to a supermarket. I don't know why, but I had to start it somewhere. So it started there. I said, pretend you've got no money. She just laughed and said, oh, you're so funny. I said, yeah? Well, I can't see anyone else smiling in here. Are you sure? You want to live like common people? You want to see whatever common people see? You want to sleep with common people? You want to sleep with common people like me? But she didn't understand. She just smiled and held my hand.
StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database file directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Great party, hand. Congratulations. Thanks. Oh, I just know you and Leia are going to be real happy. Yeah, I'm a lucky guy. Oh, oh, oh. I see a green tweenick that needs to meet me. Uh, see you later, buddy. See ya. <coughs> hey, Chewy, come here. I, I need to talk to you. <coughs> yes, I know the blue milk is spiked. I think you've had enough. <coughs> Chewie, you got to understand, Leia and I are getting married. Yeah, yeah, I see the midget Twi'leks, I see. I know, I know, they're making a walking pyramid. Listen, buddy, Leia and I are getting married, so that means you're going to have to move out. Just hold it together, pal. Come on. There's a big world out there that you got to see. One day you'll meet a cute Wookiee and settle down. Hey, what about that Wookiee you met last week? She was nice. What? Of course she had hair in her armpits. Wookiees have hair everywhere. Now you're getting nasty. Sure, take the 3D chess table. I don't care. Well, you've got bad breath. You shoot like a stormtrooper. Hi, my name is Short and Sassy. I saw you from across the room, and I, I had to ask you to dance. Well, you're a very pretty twee-like midget. I'm flattered, but I'm going to be getting married tomorrow, so I don't think... Not you, silly. I'm talking about your... your friend. Oh, okay. You want to dance with Chewie? Sure. Listen, I speak Wookiee, so if you need someone to translate... Oh, don't worry about me. I speak... Good evening. Tonight's Tatooine TV episode 29 has been a Jeff Roney Designs production. For full credit information, please visit jrdonline.com. Tonight's episode killed me. (laughs) Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events. Everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter. Keeping collectors on target.
At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by your team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. And welcome back to Star Wars on the regular voice of Star Wars fandom on this marvelous edition of March 26, 2006. Alright, so tonight we are moving away from Star Wars for one night. And uh, we're still talking with someone who actually worked into the Star Wars universe. I mean, he had a story published in a Star Wars Tales number 21, and uh, he's got purple letters on the Star Wars official boards and pretty proud of it. And that's right, ladies and gentlemen, tonight with us we have none other than Nathan P. Butler with us, and he's here to talk to us all about Echoes, his uh, new podcast audio drama. That's right? That's right. So, uh, Nathan, tell us, what... Should people actually? Why should people listen to Echoes? Because in the past you've been a great, uh, great writer for uh, for audio drama, and uh, you've been doing an incredible job in the Star Wars universe with Second Strike and stuff like that. But uh, why the sudden change of uh, of art and uh, go with something different? Well, I think kind of it's it's two things. One, for a very long time I had wanted to write something original, something you know, completely my own and that sort of thing. And I mean, I played around with ideas for years. We're talking probably since, you know, middle school. I thought, hey, that'd be cool someday, but I never actually did it. And, you know, I come up with ideas and kind of toss them aside because I realized, you know, I didn't feel like it or it wasn't quite working out. But then lately we've seen sort of this trend in fan audio where people who have done Star Wars stuff are sort of branching out and doing somewhat different things. You've got a, a Julius Harper, who, of course, did Trek Wars, The Furry Conflict, has started up Silent Universe, which is an audio drama series. You've got uh, Victor Mayer from Jedi Talk uh, put out In the Blood recently. It's basically an audio book, kind of like what Echoes is. And I guess I guess really the reason that I jumped away from Star Wars, aside from the fact that I'd always wanted to, you know, I, I had ideas and I wanted to get something out there just to have something that would have to rise or fall by my merits, not by, oh, well, it's Star Wars, so people will listen, that kind of idea. Um, but I guess it just kind of felt like the time was right where with people branching out like that, it's it's sort of not quite as odd as it might have been before. And it does also, I mean, I won't lie, it presents sort of a, almost a ready-made audience. You know, even if only a small portion of the people who listen to my other stuff listen to Echoes, it, I know that there'll be an audience out there to listen to some of it who might be able to, you know, spread, spread ideas about it by word of mouth and whatnot. It's kind of a, kind of like the same thing that happens, that, like, you know, you guys have talked, you know, Troy, Danning and all them, you know, Kevin Anderson and everybody. Um, where they all say, you know, doing stuff in Star Wars is great and it's fun, but one of the things that it helps you do is it gets attention to your other stuff. It's just, for me, there hasn't been any other stuff yet, and it's kind of now, it's, you know, I figure the time was right, there's an audience out there for it, and for whatever reason, this idea just stuck, and I was able to really develop it into something that I was really happy with, as opposed to getting about halfway through and thinking, oh, this sucks, okay, and throwing it away like, you know, like half the other times I've tried. <laughs> okay. And um, basically, it's an audio book. It's not an audio drama, which was my mistake. But uh, it, yeah, the the idea was at this time I was going to go for something. Another thing that I really haven't done much of before 
which would be something that was completely based on the story. No, no, no frills with sound effects, no different voice acting. I mean, when different characters speak, I use different inflections, just like anybody else, you know, doing an audiobook would. But it, this was really, you know, an experiment for me to see how well it would play. The only reason I really decided to do it as audio, aside from just the fact that you see stuff like, you know, Earthcore and In the Blood going for so well, it's kind of because as much as I, you know, as much as I would like to, you know, I'm going to have a print version at some point, it's just kind of like, well, people might want to read it, but they're probably going to be more inclined to listen to it than read it, and at least if it's something that I'm reading to somebody, they get the exact inflections and everything that I want. It's not like, you know, you could read a sentence and not quite grasp the sarcasm in it, because if I'm, I'm the one reading it, then you'll be able to hear it in my voice and whatnot, you know? All right. I guess there's there's a lot of actual like emotions you can't really actually read, mm-hmm. and you actually have to to hear, especially with the sarcasm aspect as you were mentioning. Um, what can we actually say about echoes without spoiling the entire the entire thing? Uh, the audiobook is going to be twenty chapters long, right? And it's going to be released on a weekly basis. Yeah, it's it's looking like right now, at least the way that it's set up, is I'll release the. The first release will be this coming Saturday, April 1st, but instead of doing it as two chapters, which most weeks will be, I'll do four because I've already had the, the first two up there kind of as previews just without any transition music or anything in it. So I'll put the first four on April 1st, and then each weekend thereafter, hopefully every Saturday, but I'm not sure if it'll be Saturday or just, say, that weekend, um, I'll be putting up two more each time as it builds up to the last one, it builds up to... All 20 being out there At which point Once all 20 are out I'll probably put up A PDF Adobe Acrobat Text version For those Who would rather Check it out that way Alright As for what I God, Like I said what, what I could say About it um, Basically it is It's completely Non-Star Wars It's not It's not really I wouldn't term it As science fiction Either I mean it's got You know Conspiracy type aspects That have some X-Files overtones to it And as you get Further along Into the story You'll see a little bit more of those aspects being drawn in as some of the other aspects drop to the background, but it's in 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 whole just kind of from from the from the word go basically. It's it kind of has the feel of a law and order type of police investigation. It has some overtones of D.C. Washington D.C. politics, kind of like a West Wing sort of feel to it. But it's all essentially. I mean, you guys played the first chapter last week. It starts with a murder in an Atlanta hotel room. This woman who goes, her name, at the time of her death, her name is Catherine Dempsey. Uh, she's going through a name change, which plays into some other aspects of it. But uh, she is dating a, a high-ranking Republican senator, and she is the ex-wife of a Democrat who is now the White House Deputy Chief of Staff at this point. So immediately her murder kind of sets off a series of, you know, possible cover-ups within, you know, the D.C. political structure and whatnot. And it's basically kind of a loner story in a sense because the main uh, detective, Darren Fox, he sort of has to investigate this without the aid of his partner in many cases because his partner is kind of saddled on a desk because he had gotten shot um, in a recent case. He has his arm in a sling and everything. He's not really set up for field work at that point. But eventually Darren will find kind of a new partner coming in from one of the intelligence agencies, which just kind of makes it even more complicated, until eventually he starts to understand and, get, and learn things that are some pretty, pretty heavy secrets as far as the United States you know, government goes, and takes him kind of in a direction he never expected, expected to see, at which point 
you know, it, it becomes kind of a, I don't want to say it's like 24, because it's not really a terrorism thing, you know, that sort of thing, but it's, I think it's kind of like 24 in the sense that you'll start, the way it was written, just kind of by accident, I guess, is when you really start to figure maybe you're finding an answer, something will come up and twist it and either add another layer to it or send you off in another direction, something like that. It's meant to be, it's meant to work serialized as opposed to it all just kind of being one big, big story. It's, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's the way that you would think of maybe a Zahn novel being written where, if I'm remembering correctly, many of the Zahn novels, especially the early ones, had things where like pretty much every chapter didn't, maybe it ended on a cliffhanger, maybe just kind of a shock, but it always had something so that by the time the next chapter opened, you weren't quite sure what to expect. And I kind of wrote it with that, that feel in mind. Okay. And you're saying it's it's 24, but it's not 24, and there's detectives, and there's a whole weird X-File kind of background story that also gives a feel to it that comes back in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're talking like usual spu- usual suspect kind of thing meets X-Files? Um, I don't know what, what would be a close, a close equivalent to it. I would say probably for the first half, or I guess a little over the first half, I think that when you hit about chapter 13, 14-ish is where things just kind of start jumping the rails mm-hmm. and going off in a different direction. But for about the first part of it, it's all, it has a definite feel of something. I guess maybe the closest equivalent would be something like maybe Murder at 1600, that, that movie with Wesley Snipes yep. and um, Dennis Miller, whoever all the people were in that. And the idea being that it is a murder investigation, and it's, it's sort of like maybe a law and order type feel in that sense, but the investigation more so cent- doesn't so much center around the evidence because, it's, because there is no physical evidence. There's no DNA, no fingerprints. This killer left zero trace behind. So the biggest bulk of the investigation to start with is delving into the, to the different people's backgrounds and delving into the D.C. politics between the different the, the senator and the deputy chief of staff and whatnot and that sort of thing going back and forth. So for the first part, definitely more so like you would think of with, you know, Murder at 1600 or Rising Sun, some type of almost political thriller type feel. And then once you get past later on and you start getting into, like, the conspiracy aspects and the secrets that the government has hidden for so long and that sort of thing, then it starts to take on more of a an X-Files just feel because it's like as you uncover different layers of the mystery, here comes all these new facts out of left field that you realize, you know, this is bigger than just the one murder. So it's I, I don't know what, what I could really compare it to because it, it does change tones quite a bit. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good, I mean, it's a transition that doesn't, it's not particularly jarring or anything, but it does kind of, which tones as you hit about the midway point in the story. Okay, so we're you're going to keep us guessing until the end of the of the of the book. Yeah, until I would say, like I mean, you're, you're going to be guessing. I think the only chapter of all of them that really doesn't hold much surprise to it, that really doesn't send anything off in a different direction or play with developing too much, is the very last chapter because you need that last chapter to kind of take us out into a, you know, well, what will the characters do now? Um, how has this changed them? And, you know, if there is to be a sequel, which I wasn't attending in the first place, but some people are kind of proud of me saying, you really ought to make a sequel, um, you know, it, it does sort of also open the book up for that. But it's one of those where, because of the experiences throughout this one, even if I did a sequel, it wouldn't, ha- it wouldn't necessarily feel the same, because in this case it's all about unraveling the mystery, and by the next one, you know, the mystery would be, be known. I'm thinking if I do another one, the next one's going to definitely have much more of a 24-type feel, because I'm going to... It's definitely going to revolve around terrorism in that time instead of of murder. But yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll kind of be kept guessing, 
And I think the last, I think once you get to about chapters 18 and 19, it's going to be kind of a, you know, a shock to the system, particularly mm-hmm. once you get to the end of, of the major conflict and the way that it kind of has to resolve itself. Okay. And, you know, it's like I said, I can't really spoil too much. Richard Audrey's probably, probably like, nope. <laughs> I'm sitting here nodding my head yeah. <laughs> the whole way along. I've been, yep, yep. <laughs> so, so but if, if we say anything about it, it just, you know, it would, it would spoil it. Suffice to yeah. say, the name of the novel has, is not about sound. We'll put it that way. It's called Echoes, but as much as I use sound illusions, I tend to, most of the chapters will start with some reference to sound on purpose um, because of the title. But Echoes, you might as well capitalize it because it refers to something very specific in the story that will be understood once you get about three-fourths of the way through it. Ah. So. Mm-hmm. Some sort of mysterious government agency or something? It's uh, it, it has to do with the se- the secret, you know. It has to do with you know, whatever it is that is perhaps being covered up. But uh, okay, yeah, you'll see you'll see some terminology pop up, and and like I say, it, it's one of those where it's sort of like I want to say it's kind of like if you watch Fight Club or Vanilla Sky or something like that, where it makes sense the first time through, but then if you when you get to the point where you've heard it all the way through and you go back and check it out again, you'll start to catch little nuances mm-hmm. that you may not have necessarily noticed before. I'd be like, oh, so that's why so-and-so said whatever it was that he said and that sort of thing, you know. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, anybody in retrospect after a case is closed, you can look back on the case and be like, wow, you know, if only I had known then what I knew now, this case would have been so much easier to solve, you know. I find you do a really good job at manipulating the details so that, you know, when the characters first start off, they see things a certain way, and as you go along the story, the details are manipulated into a different sort of outlook and so the uh, characters start to see things differently as new information is provided and new characters are introduced and new plot lines are brought in and uh, it's interesting to see how everything develops and changes and how things end up in the end yeah, yeah there's a series of there's a series of jokes that are worked in there in particular mm-hmm. that I thought was kind of you know I just put in there just because it was kind of a I found it funny as I was put it, putting them in but I don't think anybody's necessarily going to get until they go through the entire thing. But there's a kind of a running joke with like some some themes that mm-hmm. that uh, that Elijah, the partner, is is kind of humming throughout, and some jokes that he makes and everything. Yeah, a lot of and eventually you realize you know some of these jokes may have had a grain of truth in them once you you know once you get to the end. But it's, yeah, it's definitely I wanted the reader to kind of have the same experience that the main character does, which is determination, and just when you think that things are right, here comes more information, and then just you know, the same shock whenever he realizes what's going on. There's, it's actually the scene, um, and, you know, once you, once you hear it, you'll know what I'm talking about, and I'm sure Audrey knows and Danny knows mm-hmm. at this point because they've heard it. The scene where everything kind of comes crashing down for Darren, and he realizes, holy crap, nothing is what I thought it was. Um, it's kind of an action sequence to a degree. It's got a, there's, there's a moment of him sort of flinging himself backwards onto his back, and something... Um, has been sent his direction, uh, whether it's you know bullets, matrix style, or whatever. I'll kind of leave up to your imagination at this point. But he kind of falls backwards, and he's shooting upwards as he's falling. And that image was actually the very first image that I latched onto that got me into writing the story at all. You know, and I, I was kind of like, wow, that's such a shocking moment. I want, I want the reader to experience the same thing when they get to that point. And they just kind of go, what? You know, what was that? That kind of feel. Well, Brian, uh, not Brian, Danny uh, was just messaging me. He says, I've listened to it. It's really, really great. So 
people, if Danny liked it and Audrey liked it, I'm sure I'm going to love it. It's it's starting to sound to me like one of my favorite movies with Kevin uh, with Kevin Spacey, which is kind of odd because I was mentioning The Usual Suspect mm-hmm. earlier, but now more and more it sounds like L.A. Confidential sort of in a way. And I love those type of stories where y- you actually have to keep on guessing up until the, the end. I think I think the thing about it is it's going to be it's going to be a lot like you know, I, I made the the analogy to like Vanilla Sky or Fight Club. It seems like those types of movies are ones you either love or hate because once the twist comes, you're either like that's awesome or wow, what the hell are they thinking? <laughs> I think that's the way this is going to be. Once people get to around chapter thirteen, chapter fourteen, mm-hmm. they're either going to be like this is awesome and want to keep listening. Or they're going to be like, oh, what the hell, and just drop it. Because it really is sort of, it's that drastic of a change, and the, the secret of the twist to it, you know, it takes it off in such a different direction that you might wind up feeling like, you know, I thought what I was going to hear was, you know, just kind of a straight detective story, or I thought what I was going to hear was going to just play out like a political thriller the entire time, and yet here's this extra thing that's thrown into it, so now I'm not as into it anymore. Suffice to say, you know, I think... Those who give it a shot all the way through, you know, should should definitely enjoy it. It's going to be be interesting to see how people react as it goes along, what type of theories they, they come up with, like who, you know, who they think was the killer and and all that sort of thing. But there's really, you know, you'll get your answers. As I think, especially I tweaked the last chapter with a, with an extra paragraph or so in there the other day. Um, I think all the loose ends are pretty well tied up. So by the end of it, you will know what the heck was going on. It's just that in many cases, until you get to chapter 20, there's still going to be a little bit of dangling that's going to, you know, still need to be wrapped. Okay, give it time, give it time, you know. Audrey, do you have any questions? Yeah, I had a couple of questions, actually. First, I wanted to just ask um, if, uh, well, how long it took you to put Echoes together, um, and if you had any sort of uh, experience with forensics or research, or, how, you know, if you had to do any research before writing um, I think you do some sort of forensic debating or something where you work. Um, uh, well, let's see. We, uh, as far as the uh, the forensic side of it, like I mean, I teach, so I, it's not so much that I had experience with forensics itself, but you know, I got I, you know watch all kinds of stuff like that. It's always been kind of a passion is watching, you know, like Law and Order and stuff like that. But uh, I've had to, you know, we there's you'd just be surprised, I guess, how many times things pop up historically that, you know, you might get a question out of left field about, well, how do they possibly know this at the time, you know, as far as, you know, students asking questions. So I've had to kind of look into some little oddball things like that. I think probably the part that required the most actual stopping and looking into things was there's a point in the story in which the context of, you know, the truth that Darren doesn't know but he has to, you know, have revealed to him um, plays back into some events that have to do with the time around World War II and finding a way to make everything kind of fit correctly. So it was more so, uh, you know, check, date checking, making sure certain things made sense in that context, more so than, than the forensic side. The good part, I guess, was that since there wasn't very much, you know, there wasn't any forensic evidence to begin with, I could kind of, you know, avoid having to go too much into detail. You know, if there's no DNA trace left, if there's no fingerprints and such left, yeah. you just kind of, like, leave it and be like, well, you know, the forensic people are stumped until something... <laughs> something new comes up. Yeah, it's the whole idea that nobody is that perfect. Yeah, you know, yeah. Those what kind are of we a, overlooking you know, here? It, the idea, the idea, and it's one of those things where, you know, once you get to the end, you'll you'll get mm-hmm. why there, why the evidence wasn't there, but it certainly, you know, kind of immediately makes you think, 
Well, you know, nobody's that perfect, so are we talking like, you know, a government assassin, you know, a hitman? How could someone pull pull that off? And it's kind of important, like, when you go back and if you hear the first chapter over again, you know, things like, you know, she doesn't ever see the person who's attacking her. By the time, yeah. you know, by the time she's being, you know, forced down into the water, the shower curtain's been pulled down and it's wrapped around her. I mean, she's basically like a human mm-hmm. fruit roll-up. <laughs> um, you know, she's not going to be able to see it. It's just going to be, you know, the yeah. holding and, and the pushing and that sort of thing. As for how long it took to write, let's see, I want to say, I have to go back and look. I'm pretty sure I started writing it around late January or early February. I know it was after Christmas break. I'm pretty, well, I'm pretty sure it was after Christmas break. It was after, um, you know, well after we got Deanna and Kai moved out of the apartment here because I hadn't even started writing it. So at the earliest, it could have been, you know, back in November. But I want to say it was probably like February-ish in there. Um, and it really took me, it must have been probably about a, a, a month or two, but part of that was because I had time to just kind of stop. Like, once I had the ideas down, I was able to just kind of stop and, and write. Like, you know, I'd get some planning time at work, and I'd be done with that sort of stuff, or I'd be eating lunch at work and be able to, you know, play around on it and whatnot. In fact, most of it was w- written on my work computer during dead time where I was caught up on everything or me sticking around after school because, you know, I figured... Not be, you know, not worry about the traffic and just work on it while I was there. So probably a couple of months. It's become I've started to get to a point where I can do things in a pretty quick turnaround. Like always in motion, I think took me like a month to do. Whenever I did that way back, echoes about the same. But it, production on it was particularly easy. I mean, once you once you've written it and you've skimmed over it to make sure that you don't need to edit it or anything, then it's just a matter of you know reading it. There's not a, there's not hardly any mixing that gets involved except for popping little music transitions in. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to know um, how you came up with the names of the characters, um, if there's a lot of creativity in the names or if uh, it's like well, some, some names them, or some um, people you knew. Some of them are like just names, names that, that popped into my head and I was like, yeah, that sounds kind of good. In other cases, there's uh, you know names that mean something, like um, the NSA agent that you'll meet, the National Security Agent mm-hmm. um, agent that appears, is Jeremiah Henson. Right. And I have recently, um, just in the last couple of months, been able to reconnect with a really close friend of mine, actually an ex-girlfriend of mine uh, from high school, who I hadn't talked to in ages, but I mean, we talk all the time now, finally, um, named Janie Henson. So Henson, the name came there, and of course I was making the male character, so I took the her name, dropped it down to an initial, and just came up with something else to take the J out. Um, some of the ones, like there's, you're going to find that there are other names that pop up, like uh, Timothy Kindler, um, Erica Verheiden, well, Timothy Kenner was a friend of mine in high school. Erica being another friend of mine. Verheiden, named after Mark Verheiden, who I interviewed for the Butlerverse a while back. I mean, the names just didn't necessarily like mean anything in terms of you know, there's not any deep symbolism. Like his name is 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 dark, D A R R K, and he's an evil character, nothing like that. <laughs> um, more so, just I find you know, friends' names or something or something mm-hmm. that sounds good, and I'll toss it in. There's a couple of other detectives that show up, um, Perry and Jackson, and their names just came from a couple of students who happened to be the last ones to have come up and asked me questions <laughs> in class that day. Okay. So, oh, well, last name, Perry, Jackson, there we go, whatever. <laughs> so not a lot of, of playing with it. I was more so just worried about them all sounding similar. You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't want to have a whole bunch of names that ended with the same sound or that, you know, that repeated the same sounds because since it was going to be something where people were hearing it, not seeing it, I didn't want there to be any any possibility that when I said one name, they'd think I accidentally said another, maybe. Okay. Uh, and so I know there's one 
error that still shows up on there because I, at one point I'm talking about Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson Airport. I know at one point it sounds like my F spell on it, like it's saying Hartsfield instead of Hartsfield. Uh, and that just you know, still bugs me a little bit. But, yeah, the names, nothing, nothing particularly special. Okay. Can, can you relate to any of the characters, either personality-wise or just like how they carry themselves? Or? Uh, I would say probably, you know, probably Darren. The, the main character more so than any other because he is really sort of, you know, my voice throughout the story. Mm-hmm. I think we would all like to be, at some point, we would all like to be like Jeremiah Henson, the NSA agent, in the sense that he knows something others do not. Mm-hmm. He's a caretaker of a secret, and he that, that gives him a role both as like a protector of the secret and as a guide for those who learn the information later. So we all kind of have that that wanting to be the wise one and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, from a, um, from a, you know, it, it, we all, it just, maybe this is just a guy thing, but we all definitely have a sense of wanting to be remembered and when you think you know what's best and people are arguing against that, in many cases you really want to push, like, you know, this is what's right, shut up, let me help the situation. You know, don't don't argue with me about it or whatever. And you'll find that there's at least one character throughout the story when you when you you know meet him, who very much has that same idea. That sort of you know, this is the right thing to do. Kind of like Anakin, really. You know, this is the right thing to do. You know, if you don't agree with me, just wait. I'm going to do it anyway, and it's going to solve the problem. So I think we kind of have, you know, most most got, we had that kind of frustration with people standing in the way when we think we're doing the right thing. But I don't know. I mean, there it's it's not so much like Second Strike. I, could, I looked at it as kind of a, a self-exploration where the characters were meant to be different facets of my own personality kind of taken off to extremes. In this case, it was just sort of, you know, whatever fit. And I guess probably the most that you'll see me coming through, aside from Darren, would just be in some of the attitudes and such. Like you hear jokes about, you know, like, like Darren Fox's cell phone ring is the song Under Pressure by Queen, mm-hmm. um, which, if you've ever heard it, is about one note off from the Ice Ice well, Baby. Ice, yeah. Ice, Ice Baby. Yeah, I remember Which is kind of a, a big joke down here because, you know, with, with the rap culture and everything and me being the white guy teaching at a predominantly black school, you know, the Ice Ice Baby and the Vanilla Ice jokes, you know, come up sometimes. Um, it, just, just little things, and I think, I'm hoping that I was able to get the feel of the area right and that people are going to see Elijah as a believable black detective because you know me coming from you know, white bread indiana you know my best friend down here is black but that's still you know four years of experience does not match up to someone who's lived here all their life now i try to to handle that without making any you know big stereotypes play out or anything like that mm-hmm. but you know it's all a combination of my own experiences down here plus darren just as sort of my mouthpiece you might say mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely got uh, quite a good sense of individuality for each of the characters, their own persona, their own personality, and their own way of looking at things. So, no, it was carried off well. Um, I was wondering, uh, are you working on any other projects at the moment? Well, um, I'm kind of like working my way through um, to getting ready to start some of them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, fan Audio Made Easy, of course, is still going. Chrono Radio is still going, but Learnerverse, all that stuff. Um, with Fan Audio Made Easy, we're down to about the last four that need to be completed. So I'm about to wrap that one up, and probably early summer, I'm going to be working on a follow-up to Fan Audio Made Easy called RAGE, uh, R-A-G-E, which stands for Run and Gun Experiment. The idea being I want to do something that's kind of just a quick couple minutes, um, almost like a Doom-like 
um, shooter scene of Star Wars-based stuff and follow it from, this is what the concept was, here's the script, here's the original voice files that came in, here it is without music, here it is with the sound effects, you know, kind of step-by-step to kind of show the concepts that we discussed in Fan Audio Made Easy actually in action. So it's not so much a, a, a new story or anything, so much as just a new illustration, almost like a Fan Audio Made Easy Part 2, something quick like that. That'll probably be a summer project. I've got an old audio drama series that I had started up years ago. I actually started up right around the time I started Anthology, but I just kind of, you know, gave up on it for a while, called Context, which sort of, I guess it kind of fits with, you know, what we go through in the sense that, you know, we all grew up with Star Wars. So it's sort of a college-aged thing where these, these four college students, but aside from their interactions with each other, kind of a Dawson's Creek-ish kind of thing or whatever, there's also this sense that they grew up with the same pop culture, including Star Wars in particular, so it forms the context of their interactions. You know, like if I'm, like I could, you know, picture this right now, because uh, someone I met recently, um, if I'm sitting there talking to another Star Wars fan who happens to be a beautiful woman, I might say something, you know, and I've had a stressful day or something, I might say, your presence is soothing or something, or she's driving me absolutely batty, I might say, you're in my very soul tormenting me or something. But you don't have to explain it, you just kind of say it, and they understand that the context, you know, all the context is there without you having to say anymore. So the idea is kind of a group of fans, and it's originally meant to be a couple of seasons of six episodes, I'm actually going to cut that down, it'll be more like seven total, with kind of a cliffhanger in the sixth that was resolved in the seventh. Five of those scripts were written ages ago. I just got to retool them. I got two more to write, and then I'll start doing casting and and putting it together. That's probably going to be a summer thing. I don't know for sure if it's going to happen, but I'm kind of angling for it. We've got a possible sequel to Echoes, which, if it's done, we call Echoes Unity, Mm -hmm. um, focusing more so on um, terrorism and religious. It's kind of religious tolerance to a degree within the United States and that sort of thing. Uh, by which point, Darren is in a very different position in his life and knows more, so it's, it's not really a mystery so much as it is kind of a 24-ish type thing. Assuming I do it, I've got some ideas, I'm laying out outline stuff. The newest thing, and this is something I really haven't said a whole heck of a lot about, um, a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I met um, a girl down here who is just, I'm not, not sure the best way to put it, suffice to say she knew, she remembered things about Star Wars that I didn't remember. Okay. What? Uh, yeah, exactly. We're going to go, what? <laughs> but, uh, we've been talking a lot lately, and she has some pretty interesting ideas for some Infinity-style stuff dealing with the Skywalker family, Luke, Leia, Anakin, and Padme, and, and that sort of thing. And she'd been wanting to write fan fiction using it at some point, but in her case, it's, it, she's got all the ideas, but getting it into words is the tough part. So pretty soon, we've already started collaborating on ideas. We're going to collaborate on that. We're going to use most of her ideas, um, and I'll be doing the writing, kind of craft the story that way. But I have no idea how that's going to wind up you know, hitting the internet. I don't know if it's going to be a text version or if we're going to do it as an audiobook type thing. Um, probably wouldn't be an audio drama because of how tough it is to get people to do like Vader voices or, or good Luke and Leia and Padme type voices. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of the newest thing. That's probably, you know, given that it's, you know, it's the new project. It's the interesting project, and you know, it gives me, you know, an excuse to be around, you know, a geek goddess, as they say. Um, Aww. Yeah, probably that's going to be the uh, the next one that I really start getting into. We'll probably 
probably start coming up with the, at least the rough outlines and maybe even start the writing process on that over my spring break, which would be about a week from now. So I'm not okay. sure what's going to come first, but those things are kind of hanging out there. I don't, I don't foresee any new Star Wars, like straight Star Wars audio dramas coming, and no, you know, there's no like new radio shows that are going to pop up as a woodwork or anything. We're still winding down fan audio is still winding down Chrono Radio. Probably the next, but Learniverse would be either a primer to get people into Star Wars fan audio in general, or maybe a, a, a primer on Razor's Edge audio and kind of the projects that have been out there. That's what people have been asking about most. Um, you know, it just, it just kind of as, as things come up, I'm doing them. Right now, we're so busy getting these last few weeks of school out of the way. Mm-hmm. To tell you the truth, that it's kind of, no matter what ideas pop up, I realize that there's not as much time to work on it as I'd like. But then I'm going to have, you know, a good two and a half months or so of summer with nothing but Con Carolinas. So plenty of time to work on stuff there. So you'll probably see a nice flood of stuff from me late in the year, but before then it'll be pretty light. All right. Um, I have two questions coming from fans. Uh, Audrey, do you still have... Uh, no, I have something from Danny after, but you go ahead first. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with James then from Dublin. He's, uh, he's wondering, y- you sort of answered that, but I would just want to make sure... Um, He's read Always in Motion, right? And he's just like waiting for a sequel. Ah, well, Always in Motion. Um, here's my here was my plan. And actually, this is something that somebody asked on the boards recently. I think it was Joe Harrison. Always in Motion, Ambush on Kara was named that way for a reason. It was meant to be either a standalone story where it had a title and a subtitle, like Star Wars: A New Hope or whatever, or Always in Motion would be a series title. And Ambush on Akira was just the episode, and there would be other ones in that series. I haven't been planning on doing another one. I mean, I may someday, but not anytime soon. What I've sort of done is I would like to leave that open, kind of like what we've done with Anthology, which is if there's somebody else out there who wants to do that type of concept, needs some guidance on it, I'll help, you know, executive produce it, um, you know, maybe do the narration or the guide droid voice or whatever might be needed. And if somebody else wants to map out the story and actually do the writing and start, and, you know, have some other mixer put it together, like with, with the anthology episodes, where in this case Matt Lowen's working on one that Steve Blue Hardy's going to mix, then all they got to do is, you know, you know get it done, kind of keep me in the loop, and if you want to stick it out there under Always in Motion's name as sort of a way to get attention for it, go for it. But I personally probably won't do anything with that anytime in the near future. That was The thing about Always in Motion was I liked the way that the first one turned out. If I were going to do another one, I would want to make it more elaborate and larger, and at this point... I don't have any ideas in mind that would really fit for that yet, and I got all those other things I would like to do first that I really do have kind of fleshed out, ready-to-go ideas for. So it could happen, but not anytime particularly soon, unless somebody else does it. I think Joe Harrison might actually decide to do it. So you might see another one for the series, but it probably won't be for me anytime soon. Uh, Audrey is uh, I th- Audrey has a question from Danny. You go ahead. I think... Uh um, yeah, he, uh, Danny wanted to me to ask, uh, can you see yourself making echoes into an audio drama with voice actors, sound effects, and all the usual, or could you see somebody else doing it for you at some point? Mm, at this point, no, at least as far as me doing it. Um, it might be interesting to see somebody kind of take that route. I think it'd be a lot more difficult to do, though. It would almost have to wind up being kind of like Second Strike was, where you've got so much narration to it because of just how much, you know, how many different things are, are all about people's, you know, like, like Darren, you'll find a lot of passages in there, particularly as you get from one piece of new information to another, where Darren is essentially piecing together new things. Like, 
he has this theory only to find out that something is true that just completely blows that theory out of the water, so he has to reshape his thinking to this other theory that's similar that maybe works in somebody else. And I'm not sure that you could really do that for an audio drama without having a whole lot of heavy exposition. Like, and be like the same thing as, as the, the main failing of many audio dramas, which is why I do the narration stuff so often, where it's like, you know, hey, do you see that thing over there that's red with a spinning top on it? And that sort of thing. You know, they kind of say it a little bit too elaborately because they know the audience can't see it, but the mm-hmm. characters would be like, yeah, moron, I see it. You're pointing right at it, you know. <laughs> um, I'd be worried about how it would be pulled off. And as far as having somebody else do it and adapt it, I'd probably be a little wary of it unless I really you know, knew the person well and trusted what they were going to do with it. Otherwise, I'd wind up trying to kind of step in and take the lead role in handling it anyway, which would just wind up putting it on my shoulders like I wasn't intending to do in the first place. You know, it would be kind of a vicious circle to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Danny was sort of proposing himself in a way <laughs> to be the, uh, the, new e- the new editing guy for your crew as well. I mean, it could, it could be, you know, it could be done. I think it's just a matter of how, how it would be done. And the problem with that is kind of, and I don't want to say, like, you know, big bad problem or anything like that, but now that it would already be out there, part of me would say, you know, if there was going to be a story to do as an audio drama, it might as well be something original, maybe just set within the same context or with the same, within the same characters. Because it's kind of like when they did the audio dramas of the Star Wars films, you know. We knew we were going to get some extra stuff, and it was cool to listen to. But it's not like when you got to the end of the Empire Strikes Back radio drama and you heard, I am your father, that it was a surprise. You know, we all had seen the movie already or heard the story already. It was just we were seeing it in a different form, which doesn't have nearly the same thrill as seeing it or hearing it for the very first time. But I don't know. You know, it, it could happen. I don't see it happening anytime soon, but, you know, I'm sure you know, as much as I collaborate on stuff and I always say, well, you know, I don't intend on doing this anytime soon, and here it comes up and, oh, Oh, okay, I guess I am. Then, you know, I, I wouldn't rule anything out. Um, so, Nathan, uh, I guess this pretty much brings it up to the end of this interview. Cool. Uh, what do you think of the state of Fan Audio right now? I think it's, you know, it's going, it's going fairly well. I must say that it's, uh, you know, I see parodies really kind of receding into the background, which is kind of, of worrisome, but now at least Tatooine TV is back. And along with Lost Cause, is kind of keeping that subgenre going. Radio shows going fairly well. Most of the ones that are out there are kind of have found their feet, even the newer ones. So that's that's pretty cool. I'd like to see more audio dramas, but I think it's just because right now we have so many that are in production. It's kind of like with, with that with fan films. There was that huge fan film boom where you saw new ones happening all the time, and then you have this big gap. And everyone's like, oh, well, is, is the genre dying? It's like, no, but people are in production on it. So I, th- I think it's still going going fairly strong. I think this should wind up being more so this will be the year where we see, I think, a, kind of a, a generational change because we got new people making audio dramas, new people coming up and making radio shows and then a lot of us who've been doing it for a while are starting to kind of stretch our legs and not necessarily leave the Star Wars scene but you know, spend time working on other things also. So it kind of depends on if you look at, at, at that branching out as being a bad thing or a good thing. You know, for the Star Wars fan audio genre. I think it's a good thing to a degree, but at the same time, you don't want to see people branch out so far they just leave the genre behind entirely, you know. So we'll, we'll see, and we're only, we're only in March, almost in April, so we got another good, you know, however many months, eight, nine, whatever it is, months, until the end of the year, so 
I, I'm pretty sure that I know there's a lot of project in uh, production, like even on my side of things. I know there's a lot of project in production, and um, I know that there's actually a very big interest growing in fan audio and in podcasts and all that. And for instance, next week in Toronto, uh, I'm going to be recording something for you uh, while I'm going to be teaching some guys. Uh, in Toronto who are very big Stargate fans like how to run live radio shows cool so I'm gonna do like I'm, go- I'm gonna kill two birds with one rock <laughs> stone stone oh sorry <laughs> either way rock stone <laughs> yeah it's 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 growing but you gotta kind of sit back and wonder you know how long it'll stay in quite the shape that it is because yeah. Rich Sigbert pointed out to me the other, the other day, if you do a search for Star Wars podcasts on iTunes, you'll find hundreds of results. But most of the time that those come up, it's not so much that you're looking at a Star Wars-based show, but a show that has talked about Star Wars. There's a there's part of me that wonders how long, with with the whole branching out thing and whatnot, and shows like, you know, Rony Zone and Butler Universe and everything that are starting to, to reach out in the Star Wars and beyond fashion, uh, just how long we're going to see Star Wars fan audio as a genre stay a genre, as opposed to it just kind of like melding in with the rest of it. You know, we were some of the early people getting in on it, but, you know, that's not to say that, you know, a couple of years from now, we may not just, you know, kind of blend in with the rest of it. You have a whole bunch of shows out there that talk about a lot of stuff, including Star Wars, as opposed to Star Wars-specific shows. I guess it just depends on what happens when our kind of early generation of people starts to recede into the background. I, I think it's just a great opportunity right now for people who have who have been like too busy to actually take a good listen at all the uh, the audio dramas and the audio books out there to just do it mm-hmm. and just catch up and then you're going to be up to date and you're just you might just find yourself interested in doing something similar to that kind of projects. Yeah, that yeah, we're definitely nearing. You know, it, it's a good. I would say you know within about you know two months or so. Assuming nothing major new comes out, you should have Conquest of the Empire done, perhaps. That'd be a really good time for people to just kind of step up and say, well, you know, I'd, I'd like to listen to this, but I was always afraid because there was new stuff coming out all the time. The radio shows will still be coming out all the time, but that would be a great time to just stop and sit back and check out the different audio dramas, definitely, because if there's not new stuff coming out all the time, you're not going to necessarily feel that pressure. I mean, just listening to a little bit of each one or, or, or a little bit of one each day, you know, eventually you're going to get caught up on it, get to hear what it has to offer. I think there's a lot of there's probably a lot of people out there who are interested in fan audio might actually want to make their own, but they need to hear something to kind of be inspired. And I think a lot of those early audio dramas and even the ones that are coming out now have that ability to inspire people. It's just a matter of the people being able to have the time to feel comfortable just sitting down and listening and not feeling as though, well, since I've listened to one, I need to listen to these other you know, 10 or 20 or however many it is. Well, thank you very much for being with us again this uh, this wonderful evening. Oh, you're welcome. It's fun. And uh, for people to go to uh, Star Wars Fanworks and listen to Echoes is definitely a good idea. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be StarWarsFanworks.com slash Echoes is where you'll find it. There's not going to be... It, so far, I don't have a, like a link that'll be on the main page or anything, so it's kind of like a separate site but hosted on the same under the same domain name. So StarWarsFanworks.com slash Echoes is where you'll find it. All right, and your there's already like two uh, chapters that have been out there and that people have been able to listen to, but the actual uh, date is for next weekend. Yeah, yeah, this this coming Saturday. Right now, the teaser is up. 
The two preview chapters have been taken down because we're pending the, the final versions being put up. But then this weekend, this probably late Friday night, assuming I'm not you know out doing anything Friday night, uh, late Friday night or early Saturday morning, you'll get to check out the first four chapters. It'll take you through the murder, the introduction of Darren and his his desk-bound partner Elijah, um, get a feel for the for the precinct itself, and you'll get to meet the first of the two politicians. You'll get to meet, I think it's Simon Burton is the first one that you meet, the senator. So you'll have a feel for some of the characters that week, and then the plot just will start to thicken week after week after that. Well, thank you very much for uh, for, for the interview, okay. and uh, we wish you like the best of luck, so we're going to say break a leg on Echoes. Right, thanks. And uh, just talk to you probably in the end, and we'll see uh, what the people think, and uh, maybe we'll try to get the all the secret for Echoes Unity out of your uh, your brain. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. Right, bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye now. All right. So Echoes is a different lesson. I really, really enjoyed Echoes. I can't tell you how much I really enjoyed it. I listened to it first. Um, Early on, uh, the couple chapters that were out, then uh, I was lucky enough to have. You need to give it to Brian. The, the full, uh, the full book uh, version, uh, with the uh, a couple of corrections that he made uh, late on, and um, I think that uh, the people who go and actually listen to it are in for a real treat. There's a lot of twists and turns. There's a lot of unexpected uh, little tidbits that come up, and it keeps you thinking, wondering, and sort of just waiting to see what happens next. All right. Well, Brian, will you be listening to it? Yes, I will be. I'm actually sending it to him right now. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, So, during the break, I got to hear some, like, plot secrets, I guess. And I like where it's going. Yeah, well, me too. And, I mean, uh, as I said, I'm a big fan of Kevin Spacey, and both LA Confidential and The Usual Suspect Mm -hmm. were great movies. And it's it's sounding something somewhere like that with like Pandora's box opening straight in the middle. Mm. So well, I can't wait to I can't wait to actually give it a lesson. See, at the beginning, you you think that this whole book is going to be about this murder mystery about this woman, and without giving any of the plot away, uh, moving further along in the book, you find out that this is sort of like the the tip of the iceberg, and okay. that. Um, you really have to go a lot deeper into like the background and all these other characters that he introduces, and that this is just sort of the turning point for the case and tying in previous things. So uh, that's awesome. It is really good, really good. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, I think this pretty much uh, concludes our main subject, Echoes by Nathan P. Butler, which is going to be starting its release next weekend. April 1st and of course you can uh, right now go listen to the uh, teaser for for the uh, for the audiobook. Uh Brian you've been chatting along. So with whom have you been doing all this chatting? Admiral Adrian AJ Cocky 171 Corporal Boudoin Gambler Jeff Roney uh, Danny Matab Sad Max Skylover Snakes Snow Trooper Star Wars Book King and of course Nathan alright hey Jeff it's been a while <laughs> also I love you James <laughs> James James Ishlibidish James you drunk fool go to bed 
That's all I have to say. But he's an Irishman, so he's got an excuse. It's only two o'clock in the morning, guys. It's still early. Actually, you know what? They 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 they've advanced time over there. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, so, so it's, it's three o'clock. It's like then. three o'clock in no, the morning. No, it's two fifty. And well. he's had fifteen Guinnesses earlier tonight. Bastard. Are <laughs> you jealous, Sebastian? And I had absolutely nothing to eat. <laughs> so you had hungry. balls. Yeah, I had a balls. Got some balls in your mouth. Yeah, I know. And I was playing with it with my hands earlier. And then all that juice came out. It was really, like, sticky all over the place. And, of course, during the show, I was, like, totally disrupted by our friend Pierre and uh, Stephanie from the French show. And they were, they've been playing the Star Wars Lego game that, that Brian brought over. And they got some, like, cutscenes in the game where they give you some parts of the movie. And it's so f- so hilarious. It's like there's the uh, the I was I was disturbed by the the, the, the Star Wars Episode One scene where Obi Wan tries to fix the hyperspace. Oh, that's so funny. And then it's just like Lego blocks falling all over the place, and you see you see Obi Wan with a wrench in his hand going like, eh, I don't know, you know, just like raising his hand innocently. They uh, put it on the webcam. It's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> on the webcam because that was funny so he just goes like like this and then then of course you see Watto's Watto's shop with the 500 credit for a new hyperspace <laughs> so it's it's a great game honestly from what I can see now. if you have kids and even if you don't if you just want to have fun do just like James go get yourself 15 Guinness in that game <laughs> you're going to be having tons of fun alright so the next show let's talk about the next show Shall we? The next show I won't be at. The next show, sadly enough, Brian won't be there. But we're going to have Martin, who's going to be there. Oh, no. Wookiee Rage. The Wookiee Rage will be there. We might actually have some people such as Crystalia and Sandwich Boy, who was on the show about Empire at War, if you guys remember well. And, uh, of course, we're going to be doing an interview with Terry Brooks during the course of the weekend, and we'll be uh, broadcasting that. It might not a- we might not actually have a live interview with him. Because of like convention schedule and all that, but we're gonna try our best to bring it to you live. So tune in on to Saturday because that that might be when it happens. And of course on Saturday it's gonna be uh, an incredi- incredibly hectic show because we're gonna be doing so from the Balls Delicious Room Party, sponsored and hosted by of course uh, Balls and Star Wars on Direct. And uh, for those of you who have almost never been to a convention before, uh, drop by. Drop by because it's going to be fun. And Audrey, I'm so sorry. I'm like taking you, your poor soul, and just throwing you into this incredible L that will be Room Party Weekend. That's right. But you'll get some sleep. I will survive. You'll get I'm some sleep. I'm a survivor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I should put in 80s music for Audrey. Of course. Come on. I'm an 80s child. Uh, I'm just feeling old again. That's right. Uh, apparently, we're uh, also going to have an Aliens retrospective sometime this year. So we'll have Corporal Baldwin uh, come back on the show, and uh, he's going he's gonna to do something about that. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, yes, the, uh, the show will be live next week at the usual hours. And the, uh, the, the actual show for uh, on Saturday might... Actually, I might actually have to change the, the the time. So just check the site this week because we're going to have lots of announcements to make. And it's going to be a, a crazy week for me. It's it's like my vacation on top of things. 
you know, one week of vacation, but it's one week of hell. <laughs> Whippee! I'm gonna die! Audrey, if I have uh, a heart attack or a stroke over there, will you save me? Ew, you want me to do CPR on you? You want me to do mouth-to-mouth on no, you? you? Can, you can ask Martin. We know he's good at that. <laughs> but like I'll just bring the body bag. Yes, bring a body bag. <laughs> I'm uh, off duty. I'm on vacation, man. <laughs> it's really, it's really funny. Just let him of course, die. Of course, I'll save you, Seb. Thank you. What? It's only, it's only because it's you, though. <laughs> it's official. Okay, so it's you know what's really nice. Okay, I, I just want to say that for the people, like as a word of the producer, when I'm doing the show now, I'm really getting messed up because there's like 20 people trying to MSN me and ask me questions during the show which I've absolutely direct those questions to me which have absolutely absolutely nothing to do with the show what that's it that's what I'm talking about so if you've got nothing to tell me about the show then just don't flash me on MSN because it's just like an actual more stressing thingy that makes me do mistake and boo-boos that are really bad and make Danny wants to kill me Wants to kill you? Yeah. Why would he wants to kill you? Because I'm not going to go into details. And of course, uh, oh, hold on. I, 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 Nathan, yeah, has something said in the chat. Oh yeah, go ahead. He's going to put up, you, you know, the f- Sunday, the Saturday four chapter premiere. Okay. Go in the chat right now. He's kind of hinting that he'll put it up. He's gonna tonight. He's going to put it up oh, tonight, tonight, maybe. Tonight, maybe. Okay. So go well. into the chat if you're not in there. Yeah, and if you're listening to the podcast, well, sorry you missed it. Exactly. And but to go back on what I was saying, not the only thing you missed. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Damn. Uh, there's actually something very, uh, very funny happening right now. There's a uh, a war of wits and wills between Danny and Corporal Baudouin, and Baudouin's like, "Oh, you're gonna have an aliens retrospective, won't you?" And it's like, "Danny, no freaking way, no aliens, even if I love the movie." <laughs> Game over, man. Game <laughs> over. <laughs> That's right. You gave it to me. I gotta have it somewhere, don't I? Where's the game over? I have mm. to find the game over. Oh, there he is. See, that's ju- just for just for all of you guys. Just for all of you guys. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs> it is. It was just so worth it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the show is, has now come to an end, and uh, sadly, Dom, I cannot actually speak what you just wrote down on MSN on the air. However, I'll read it. No, you won't. <laughs> However, I'm going to tell you that the next show will be the special edition Star Wars on Direct Live from Ad Astra on Saturday, the April 1st. It's going to be April Fools over there. Oh, and I'm, I'm bringing a costume that is going to make a fool out of me. What else is new? There you go. Uh, so, do tune in. Do you, do check the website this week because we're gonna put all tons of like good, nice promos and all stuff like that. So, check it out. Of course, if you got any comments about the show or that you would like to make suggestions for upcoming subjects, like Dom about aliens, you can send an email to studio at swendirect.com, or you can leave a message on our blog or our message boards. To become a partner or a sponsor, you can send an email to info at swendirect.com. If you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is, after all, the best publicity we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show, add our URL to your message boards, signatures, etc., etc. 
Go vote for us on podcastalley.com once a month. And we're, we're getting there. You know, we're going to be doing the show next month. The next show is going to be next month, then, uh, Brian, you're not going to be there. And you're trying to mount the webcam on your head. I thought it would be Brian Vision. Wouldn't that be cool? Brian Vision was looking a lot like Hunter H. Thompson in uh, in in Fear and Loading in, in Las Vegas. Well, Just don't start like chasing bats around your head. Yeah, see, Where? there goes the brain. There goes the brain again. <laughs> All right. So we like looking like acid trip on the webcam. <laughs> I'm shaking it around. <laughs> So we'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors, FederationToys.com, SitClan.net, Simple-Net.ca, and of course the Sci-Fi Podcast Network, which can be found at TSFPN.com. All of our partners in the BloodOnline.com, Star Wars Aficionados, PlanetFandom.com, Hail to the Fanboys and Girls, Anakin and IsAngel.com, Nerf-Earth-Anonymous.net, the largest collection of Star Wars references and actors, FurryConflict.com, Trek Wars, the Furry Conflict, Ultra which can also be found around the vicinity of planetfandom.com Millennium Falcon, Galactic Hunter who are still keeping collectors on target of course T-Bone Star Wars Universe the Galactic Senate Message Boards and StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Fan Audio and Echoes available at StarWarsWithAZ.com all of these links and so much more is available on our website at www.swendirect.com I love Brian Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. It's really fun. So, word of the producer, I didn't receive any uh, answers to my uh, my Star Wars reference in Stargate. You bastards. Last week. So, you know what? I'm going to keep it up, and maybe if someone actually sends me the reference I'm looking for in Stargate, and I believe it's second or third season, just, like, drop it by, and you might just win something really cool. Which we can't announce just yet, but it's gonna be cool. Oh. You know what it is, Brian. I do. <laughs> See, you, 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 sorry bastards. I want to keep it. You'd like to, part- to be able to participate, wouldn't you? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's All right. Thirty. Wait, I said too much. All right. So for all the crew here on Star Wars on Direct, this is Sebastian, and for all the crew of Star Wars on Direct, which are still here. I'm saying, see you next time on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Be sure to visit www.swanzerec.com for more information about upcoming shows. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs.